Hey y'all, welcome to But Now We Said It, where we know new episodes of Housewives are great and all, but nothing beats an old episode of Housewives. Stay tuned for my interview with Shane Keough, who's now doing amazing work as the CEO of We Go For Two, which helps our environment and develops sustainability programs. We also talk about his previous baseball career and of course, that OC heavy MILF culture. And will he do OnlyFans? Today we are going to be recapping OC season one, episode four, and y'all know I can't do it alone. My guest today is literally this, when I speak about how the Bravo world brings like so many of us together in just the craziest way, this is another person. I had followed her for years and her account's amazing. And at BravoCon, they offered us to do a panel and we did sort of like a trivia and just like overall Bravo discussion. And it was a lot of fun. And since then, we text every day. We've done some Orange County events with Bronwyn and it's been a blast. So without further ado, Katie from Bravo Betch. Hi, Katie. Hi, I'm so excited. I'm so happy to have you and I'm so glad, you know, that we met through Bravo. I know. And Bronwyn's party, I mean. I'm still I'm still recovering from that two years later. Literally, I remember the day after you were saying like I can't get out of bed. Oh <laughs> it my was, god, no. We I were... don't drink often and I don't drink that much often. And I was like, no, no, I was not well, bitch. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we were not well, bitch, after that night. We were literally Dorinda walking into the Bronx lunch the next day, like still hungover. <laughs> barely thriving it's crazy to think that was also probably was that the last time or was that before no that was yeah that was after BravoCom that we were with last time i seen you in person because then COVID hit so we were just doing like house parties all the time and yes yeah so like lost a whole year that was also the last time we were with kelly dodd (laughs) oh my god i forgot she was there (laughs) yep it's so crazy. Like, I mean, even I know um, you weren't there on Friday, but like we did an engagement. Like she, so yeah. I partnered with um, the was Chelsea. Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. Thursday. And we got You're in right. that night. So I partnered with the Moxie for that weekend and they, Kelly had an event for that mm-hmm. Thursday with them. And like part of my thing with my partnership was I was doing, you know, be there for the Kelly event. And so I had told Bronwyn, I was like, you should come in early. So she came in, she said something to Emily, Emily decided to come in early. And then we mentioned something to Liam. Oh, Liam Locken. (laughs) (laughs) So ended up, it was supposed to just be me and Kelly there. Yes, I know. Total. And all of a sudden we had Leanne, Emily, Bronwyn. Oh, and uh, Barbara Kay. We got Barbara Kay to come. Yes, we had a blast. It's just crazy. And then that ended up being like a mini celebration for Kelly and Rick's engagement. Wow. Crazy how How much can change. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine? Right. I was cheering for her at BravoCon. And I'm just ashamed. I was just going to say, I'm assuming so many of us in the Bravo sphere, that's like our regret of like someone you rooted for for so long and then it your your opinion has now changed and you're embarrassed yeah. to admit it I mean, any I others okay yeah, i was I gonna say so, i think 
you, right? I mean, it changes all the time. And especially with watching this old episode of Orange County, it really like made me realize like, wow, I was a different person when I started watching these shows. I mean, I was like 18, right? Right. And so, so much life has happened. So like everything about me has changed. So like when I watched it back then, I had a totally different opinion than I do now. And it's just like so wild. Like, well, we'll get into it when we recap the episode, but. Girl, you just, (laughs) you literally have, you must have taken that right out of my mind. No, but it's true. Watching these old seasons. And again, well, for you, you, you grew up in Orange County, correct? Outside of Orange County. Or outside, but like in the, not in the gates, but um, somewhere in the area. (laughs) (laughs) I, I grew like uh, Sheena says that she's from LA, but she really lives in Azusa. That's like yeah. me in Orange County. Got like, it. Outside of it. But I'm in Orange County now and I have been for years. Right. So yeah. I feel like for you, wait, how long have you been? Like around what season do you think you moved into Orange County? Oh, I moved to Orange County probably like season two or three. And oh. then I moved out of it. Yeah. And then I moved to LA. And okay. then moved back. I mean, I've been here, Sadie's five, I've been here like five years now. Okay. Cause I was going to yeah. say living there, it must watching the show and living there both time periods. I feel like it's just such a different experience because yeah. you may know like the vibe of where these people or who these people are in the, mm-hmm. in your area, where they're going, all of that. It adds a whole nother layer, but how spe- far they are from each other. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And to speak on, like, how you were a different person then versus now, I mean, totally. Like, I grew up in, you know, small farm town and, like, getting out, you know, I love a lot of, obviously, a ton of the people there, but getting out was so good because that there was, there's a small mindedness as far as, like, what they are, you know, what they know and what they've experienced. Mm -hmm. So a lot of problematic things come out. That right. maybe at the time when we were watching, people didn't say much about it or whatever. But now rewatching in in our times now where we have evolved and, you know, we're not putting up with some of that bullshit. Yeah. And it's like every franchise. Like if you totally. go back every single franchise, you're like, oh, how did I not notice that? You know, it's like shocking. That is one of my like favorite things of this rewatch is picking up on things that are one problematic part isn't like the best, but it is interesting to see that you like didn't pick up on it then or we didn't, just didn't think remember. About it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the best is just finding some of these underrated moments that no one really remembers. Yes. Yes. Do you and feel underrated like... cast members? Yes, exactly. Like I was I just have gonna one say when we <laughs> yeah. Do you watch from like a different lens as far as not only watching it? you know, what's going on and, you know, obviously we pick on the problematic things, but like also for the cast members, do you have a different opinion on ones that you maybe hated then, love Mm -hmm. now, love then, hate now? When I watched Jersey, like when it came out, I always loved Jacqueline. Yeah. And, and I love Chris and I'm still obsessed with Chris. He's my number one house husband of all time. Like I love Chris. I get it. I could watch him, like, make charcuterie boards all day and, like, (laughs) sip wine and eat meat. Like, I'm I'm obsessed with him. I would watch him eat meat. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like he... I just said that. (laughs) 
<laughs> but now we said it, everyone. <laughs> For me, I would say if we're if we're going Orange County, I hated Alexis when I back in the day obsessed with her now like I watch her with a different lens like I see how much do I agree with a lot of stuff she says or believes maybe no No. but watching her on television love yeah I I always appreciated Alexis I could not stand Gretchen and I still can't really stand Gretchen (laughs) but one that really like shocked me watching rewatching this episode is Kimberly Stan I'm a stan. I was <laughs> shook. Like, she was just kind of like a non-event for me back then. Like, I didn't hate her, and I, but I didn't, like, love her. And now I'm like, oh, my gosh, she is, like, an amazing housewife. I feel like this se- – recapping this season one, um, like, literally every episode, I feel like I've – talked about how much I love Kimberly now. (laughs) Like we're going to have like this own little mini Kimberly Stan group because literally watching this first season, I've, I've labeled her now as the one that got away. Like I need her. Joe too though. Like Joe. Yes. I remember really liking her back then too, but I did too. I think Joe was always like, I felt like she was always sort of a fan favorite of season one without even like having to try. I think people just connected with her. Right. And, but now you're watching it and you're like, okay, you're 24. And Shook. how old is Slade? Like, 38? are we just diving into it now? Or are we going to wait a minute? Oh, you know, we're just shooting the shit and then we'll definitely get into it. But yes. Because the... I have a lot of thoughts about play. <laughs> oh yes we'll unpack that well fun fact on wednesday night i went out with joe for drinks oh my god and we had a night it was so much fun she literally looks the exact same it's I kind bet. of unfair she's so cute yeah she One seems of, like so much fun she is she was super sweet a lot of fun we had a blast and she's actually doing her own rewatch right now on her YouTube channel, her and her, so she started dating a guy in COVID, and they are really serious. There's, she's really happy, and she is really leaning into the, you know, the rewatch trend. So her and her new man are rewatching season one from the no. beginning together. Stop. Yep, on oh her YouTube god. channel, you have to oh watch. Oh my god, no! I'm like sick for her. Like <laughs> I could never. It, <laughs> Like, what's funny to think about that is, like, Joe had quite an entry. Like, one, you're 24, and, you know, she's our first one that, you know, we got the sexy time a little bit on on camera. It was very sexy. Anything Slade said to her was sexual. And, like, Mm -hmm. when I think of Joe, I think of the picture of her, like, in the maid costume a lot. Like, that, like, pops into my head. I just, like, vaguely, like, remember that episode and being like, wow, this guy is disgusting um while this guy is um disgusting partner (laughs) totally i couldn't imagine i know but and that would be that would be so interesting because not only will were they will he be watching that stuff but he'll also be watching like their relationship struggles and i feel like that would get that would be hard to watch, like someone that you're 
you know, dating, you're like seeing them in chaos in a relationship that that you'd want to defend. I'm sure that would just boil, make yeah. you boil for sure. Yeah, I can't imagine. I, it would just make Tyler mad. Like I would never do anything like that because he would just get mad. Yeah. What a good sport. Hey, yeah. Let's go ahead. Let's dive on into the episode. So we open up with Joe and Slade. Slade hires an assistant named Megan. Megan, Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh. Slade is doing this in sort of like a retaliation. He wants Joe's attention and his way of doing that is to be petty, hire some female attention. And then treat her like shit and make comments to her that are so inappropriate. Made me want to throw my phone at the TV. I'm sure if I was not in the golf course today, it would have been quite more men talk. But I'm sure it was held together a little bit more properly because I was there. Megan, will you grab my balls, please? I want an assistant to grasp my balls, too. Shut up. <laughs> it's beer time. Beer time. Slate was the only one who did good. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. I was like, I took some notes when I was watching last night, and I literally just wrote Slade with a throw-up face next to him. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. So gross. Like, yeah, di- grab my balls. Like, oh, Hey, that's not even funny. Like, if you're going to no. try to be, like, funny, like, you know. Make it good. A better. But um, Joe's not happy about getting an assistant. She's told Slade, like, you know, she got a she got a job. I want to do something for me. Staying home isn't fulfilling. So, she, and she doesn't like having to ask him for money. And then Slade says, "I mean, there's absolutely no question in my mind that this woman will end up being my wife, and that we will be together until we're done." Interesting. Well, that was wrong. Well, that did not. <laughs> that didn't Thank go God as planned. For Joe. Good for her for standing up and saying, you know, I want, I need what I want out of life. Like early on, she didn't even at twenty four years old. Like she knew. Yeah, she. Yeah, you're right. She didn't really like buy into it. I feel like it's very much. easy yeah. to be impressed by the flashy cars, the big house, the money, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and a lot of people will, you know enjoy it for a little while and then later down the road they feel like wait i need more i need something yeah. for me and that's the biggest problem is you know money can make you happy in some ways but overall you well, better, there better be a foundation there long, totally he lost it all so. yes <laughs> and that's exactly. about like all he had going for him at that point so exactly then clearly you know, i'm not a, a fan of slaves it was it's weird for me on this season i have like a mixed uh, a mixed feeling on Slade. I really? overall it's negative because I don't like yeah. he how he's trying to sort of manipulate and control Joe and gaslight her in a lot of the things. Mm-hmm. But I have to say I love seeing the dad side of him because yeah, it shows yeah. that he he really was a good dad, and um, that makes me feel better that there was. My feelings about, you know, what came out in later seasons, I was always very suspicious on, you know, the deadbeat dad rumors Mm -hmm. because I felt like, you know, he was making all this money and now he's not. I understand why he can't pay what a, you know, $15,000, $16,000 a month anymore. Like, I get that. Mm -hmm. Of course. I feel like you can't use that against him because... 
he lost, you know, he doesn't have that job. He can't pay that. He needs to pay exactly. something. Yeah. yeah. So this well, and gives just me... show up and we exactly. don't know. Exactly. No one really knows the truth. So uh, yeah, I don't think it's fair to comment on that was him my as thing. a dad because we just don't know. But exactly. I can comment on how he treats his assistant and Joe. And... Absolutely. <laughs> Amen. That's where I'm like, mm. <laughs> He he didn't do it for me on that part, but the dad part yeah. I love watching him be a dad this season. It was it was really nice. Well, we get to Vicky, and one of my favorite early OC storylines oh, is um, Lake Havasu. I just love Lake Havasu, the river, the river. Don's out of work and bored, and he wants more of Vicky's time. Shocking! Like this is the mm-hmm. oldest storyline of OC. <laughs> I didn't realize he worked at Home Depot. Like, I, I totally forgot that. You know what reminded me? I think I forgot it until the reunion of season 14 when they, like, you know how Vicky's saying they didn't audition, they didn't have a tape, whatever. And then Andy, you know, it flashes to her audition tape and everything. And it said, like, Don works at Home Depot, worked at Home Depot or whatever. <laughs> okay. But I didn't remember that at all either. Yeah. But he's out of work right now and he's still looking for a job. This is my favorite thing of Vicky that can either be the most frustrating part of her or kind of the funniest part of her is how she contradicts herself. You know, she is very prioritizes work over ed- mm-hmm. everything right mm-hmm. why aren't you working why doesn't she work she you need to get does a job she work? I does work. she work i work i work i gotta go to work yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she wants brianna to call out of work so that they can go to the river oh, early yeah i was surprised by that it's so because it it, it it's like it works in her favor brianna anyway. is do you think she should call in sick tomorrow for the river? Or do you think she should just go when we leave her home alone? Oh, no, no, no. We, we absolutely, she can't call in sick. She has a job, which is more important than going to the river. That's a wrong message for her, and she'll get fired, and that's stupid, Vic. If she stays home for one lousy four-hour Yes, that's what working girls do. I'm thinking, just quit the job. You're going to make $40 or $30 by the time tax are done. I'll just give you the $30. I just would rather have her be there than not. It's so funny because, like, normally Vicky would be the the way Don's yeah. talking. Actually, all season she's trying to get Michael to get a job and he refuses. Yeah, and it's funny because Michael's just like packing up the car for the river and he's yep. like, I don't care. <laughs> he said, I would, if I was working, I would not, or I would call out. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's just so funny. I love seeing the contradiction there. This is Vicky and Don bickering again, and we really get some clues into what their real marriage dynamic is, or at least, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, some signs of it. Then we get to Lori. We meet Steve, who's this guy she's dating. That was dark. That's that dark. Was, that was, I don't remember that. Yeah, I didn't remember Steve at all. Like, zero recollection. But it's no. almost like she was the first one to give us, like, a friends with benefits, open relationship situation. Because that's what it feels like. Yeah. It feels like she doesn't have anybody else around. She just kind of goes back to him to help her do things. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) exactly. It's like, I don't know. I, I, she definitely is like using, or maybe they're using each other, to be honest, for like Mm -hmm. the companionship. But then once something Mm -hmm. better comes along, they each go their own own way. Yeah. Yeah. 
actually Which not is, that bad if you're both on the same terms. If you're, yeah. As long I don't as know no. if he is, though. He seems like he he would drop anything for Lori. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Ashley didn't tell Lori about the party that she had. And... Oh, my God. Ashley. Right? I forgot about Ashley. Wow. Wild. Um, she skipped work on Monday, which means... <laughs> Vicky is pissed because she was mm-hmm. supposed to be the only one there, like handling things while they were in New Orleans. And I could, I would never want to be on the receiving end of a pissed off Vicky. I as would an employee. never ever want to work for Vicky. Never. Like, no, thank you. Yeah. Like I applaud her in all of the work she's done to build herself and her company. I could never work for her. Like, no, could you imagine the micromanagement she would do? No, yeah, no. It would be insane. So speaking of Vicky, they're getting ready to go to the river. Lake Havasu. They have a home there and have been going for 11 years. And she mentions, I guess, so Michael's packing the car, right? Mm-hmm. This gave me so much anxiety watching him pack the car. Because I'm one of those anal people. Like, there's only a couple things in life that I am, like, very, very, very stubborn We've talked about about. this. Dishwasher. Like, loading the dishwasher. Yes! Yes! I love that you nailed that. Oh, my God, yes! (laughs) So, watching Michael do that, and he's just throwing shit in there, like... Of course, it's not going to close like all the way. Like you need yeah. to strategically pack it. Did I take my Lexapro this morning, Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> but Vicky in her confessional mentioned, you know, she's talking about Michael, saying Michael has too much of his dad's traits. We're going to have to do a blood transfusion and get all of his dad out of him. <laughs> okay, what? I must have missed that. Dark. <laughs> I love Michael on Instagram. Oh, love. Well, you know, he's like, like, he's like one of us. I feel like. Yeah, I know. He's, yeah, he's not, um, let's just say he doesn't follow his mom and, um, Steve's Steve. beautiful views, but he, he, and he's funny and witty and sarcastic. And like, I remember when I was watching this, you know, when it first aired, like really couldn't, like, I didn't really care for him very much. I thought he was just kind of like. A little douchey OC boy. But now I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I really like Michael. That's funny because me and my friend Alex um, in DC, one of my best friends, that was w- one of the things we we loved Michael. We always have loved Michael. We always Even back, He was so like, cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. his friends are cute. Like, I... Yeah. Um, it's funny. Like, the friends get confessionals. Like, his right? friends were, like, in confessionals. But one of the friends was kind of cute. And I was like, I wonder what he's up to now. What did he say? He said something funny about Vicky. Oh, okay. Now I'm going off on a tangent, but I just have to say this before I forget. It's very, very weird. The mother-son dynamic of MILF and how moms like want their son's friends to think they're hot. Why is it so, so much out there? I don't know if I consider myself a MILF. I try to work out every day. I try to take good care of myself. And if his friends think I'm a MILF, then great. That is weird. It is a theme this season. Like, they yes. talk about it a lot, about being a MILF. And it's very bizarre how they really lean into it. 
<laughs> really? And I'm like, did the produce is is this just how they were, or did, was it like a funny shtick that like the producers thought would be because they all talk about it. Yeah, and then they I do the whole know. thing with like Joe and Shane. Yeah, and it's just so weird. It's a weird, weird dynamic that um, I'm okay that we have evolved from that. Like Vicky, <laughs> Vicky was like in this rubbing we're talking about right now. Yeah, at the river house, getting ready to lo- get on the boat. She's rubbing her sunscreen on her son's friend. Like, like with I her would back. die, and like I would. Die if my mom yes. ever did that, or if like and I did that to my son's friend in like ten years, like kill me. When the friend did that, or when she did that to the friend, I feel like the friend had like a little confessional and said like Vicky's nuts or something. Like she's yeah, crazy. like he's used to it. Probably yeah. yeah. I was like, like, oh my god, yeah, such an odd, odd dynamic. But Michael, yeah, the milf culture is just odd. It was strange. <laughs> They have heavy MILF culture in Orange County in 2006. (laughs) And y'all know, I had to ask Shane about that OC heavy MILF culture. I don't know. I guess like for me, it was different because I had facial hair like as a sophomore in high school. So I probably like visually was like, okay, we could make this mistake because he has facial hair. It's different. You know, where most of my friends don't didn't have facial hair until like three weeks ago. Right. Um, (laughs) You know, and again, like, I think going into any, any culture, really any city, whatever, it's like, there's always the parents that are willing to cross the line. Um, I think there was a, there was a situation in our high school where there was a, the cool house where they always let you have parties. And then you find out it's like, Oh, the mom's just, like oh. sleeping with high school kids, so <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't, I don't know too much. Yeah, but that's stuff that I've heard about here in Florida. That's yeah. stuff that I heard about with friends in Texas. So, right. um, yeah, I think again, I was six foot three, the same as I am now, right? With facial hair, just minus crow's feet and all the other stuff. So, um, you know, yeah, I don't know if it was anything particular. It was just like, okay, like. I, I fit enough of the check boxes minus that I couldn't drive or drink legally. So right. There you I go. Other than that, I think other than that, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Um, Again, I was so, I was so, I was so ignorantly blissed all this stuff. I probably wouldn't have known the difference anyway. Like, Oh, she hitting on me. Right. I'll kill a rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of Shane being hot. And I mean, he is still very hot. Like it's not fair that someone actually is getting hotter as they get older. Anyway, I asked him a fan question about, would he do OnlyFans? The most asked question, which I already told you, are you single? Will you date me? We have, can he sit on my face? Um, Are you gay for pay? Um, Gay? Honestly, wishful thinking. (laughs) Are you single? Will you go out with me? Will you have my baby? He's so hot. How did he get hotter? Do you have an OnlyFans? (laughs) Are you single? Because I'd tap that. (laughs) <laughs> well i thought about only fans and then they said no more explicit material so i i, I had to back off i was almost well, there almost there. well you know what it's it's not until october 1st so <laughs> I, got, I got a month you're good <laughs> no my gosh so brianna ends up staying home but michael goes on the trip um kimberly she discussed her palm springs trip with her husband which I don't know if you watched episode three at all did, before this, but you need to go back and watch episode three because okay. her trip to Palm Springs, if you love Kimberly now, you'll love that episode. It She goes. She was talking about it a little bit. Yeah. You need to watch yeah. it though. It's the, the was, lines are great. 
She's telling so her good. husband that someone was like propositioning her to like sleep with him. Mm-hmm. And it was, and he was. Just, she, is it a gigolo? What's what is a like, gigolo? So chill. Yeah, <laughs> they are so chill with each other. They don't. It's like they don't give a. Yeah. She, but she tells him that, you know, a guy tried to take her home, offered services. So she thinks he's a gigolo. And so she's asking her husband, like, how, like, how do you know? How do you know? And <laughs> her husband says, you. <laughs> so you can like pay $500 and it's kind of like skank and it goes up like different levels from there. I'm sorry. What? (laughs) What? So the lowest level is five hundred dollars, and you pay, and that's like you're on level skank. So what's the next level? (laughs) Oh my god! What? Like what? I want to know the rest of the names. Where? Where? Where is this all going? (laughs) And then she asks, "Have you ever been with a prostitute?" He said, "No, no, no." I don't How do you know so much, sir? Yeah. There must be like a listserv that goes out like skank, whatever, you know, the next levels are. So that's where he got it. You know, prostitution listserv. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So they're now like working on their house so they can sell it. They have a $1.5 million home and Gina is going to show them houses on Saturday. So this is, I don't know Mm -hmm. if you knew this. I mentioned this earlier on, but Gina mentioned that none of the cast knew each other other than Vicky and Lori, obviously. So this Wait, was the Vicky first... Wait, Vicky and Gina knew each other. No. So Ooh. she said in the interview, she said... And it's crazy because they live in the same neighborhood, right? She said she had not met Vicky before the show. Her defense Which was... kind of makes sense because when I was watching last night, I did pick up on that. Like, Vicky... They were talking about something and I was like, oh, this sounds like they don't really know each other. But I always thought that the two of them were same. friends before. Same. And their and kids are like all the same age. Right. You think that they were like in sports and school. And They're stuff in the together. same neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is where like I wouldn't have picked up on it probably later or earlier on. But Gina and Kimberly, when they meet to, the, to show houses, they introduce each other. Say, nice to meet you. So, mm. that, yeah, like I... I literally thought that there was some loose connection from at least for most of them, but not at all. So (laughs) they are looking, Gina's showing her a couple houses and the first one is actually one of the original houses in Kodo. And the ones that she shows are, the first one was 3.5 million, second was 3.4 million and their budget was 2.5. So yeah, unsuccessful. But she does get to invite them to a barbecue com- that she's going to have at her house, which I think will be our first, like, all-cast event. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So exciting. Okay. Then we get to Gina, Shane. He's talking about how he in Cabo, you can't bring back girls past 11 p.m. <laughs> and he has a friend. He says he's always hanging out with girls. but And people always question, like, why he's not with dating anyone and all of that. And this shocked me rewatching this whole storyline of Shane. I do not have sex yet. I am a virgin. I am not a big sex person yet. This guy go down, baby. Yeah. He's not douchey in that sense of like Right? Okay. He's a gentleman. I thought he was like a tool. Like you such know, a like, gentleman. And I was so surprised watching this back, which, you know, in most cases you're usually like cringing and you weren't ten years ago, but it was the complete opposite. I was yeah. like, wow. Like, I mean, he's obviously had his moments through the season that 
were cringy, but like overall, like what typical 18 year old boys are thinking yeah. about, he is the opposite. He, yeah. And I think a lot of that was because of baseball and just like the amount of pressure that his, you know, he was under. So of course, when we think Shane Keogh, we think baseball, right? So of course I had to ask him about his baseball career. I also had to give him some unexpected props for actually being a LGBT ally on reality TV back in 2006. Listen, I know exactly what you all are saying. Like, Steve, what the hell are you talking about? Yes, he did make mistakes. He said some things that I certainly don't approve of. But one thing that he did was he was the face of a straight all-star athlete that is in the limelight who literally did not make being gay a bad thing. He was questioned constantly about being gay or do you even like girls? And in my experience, those people, especially in that time, were super defensive and wanted to make being gay a problem or it's an insult. And for him to be so, oh, no, I'm not gay, but I don't really care. It shows that it's okay to be gay. And in that time frame, I feel like that was such a rare thing to find. In 2005, I was a senior. Mm-hmm. Um, I got drafted out of high school. At that time, they had a, a, a situation called the draft and follow, where it was basically made for kids who were coming out of junior college or, you know, didn't start playing baseball till they were a little bit older. So they just needed more time, but teams wanted to put them under control and keep an eye on them and see them progress and have kind of the first right of refusal. So I got drafted in 2005, really late, um, which was something we were kind of expecting. And when I got drafted, I I wasn't even home watching. I got a call from mom and she told me. Um, So it was something we expected because I was still pretty raw. I was learn. I was switch hitting and all these different things. So it was just something that we anticipated. Like, look, you're going to go play junior junior college, do well. And then from there, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll go on. And so I got drafted in 2005 and went to junior college in Prescott, Arizona. I do have one quick question. Please. I I remember. So you initially, I know it was late, but you were drafted Mm -hmm. for the Oakland A's, correct? Initially. Yes. So what, why would you not want to do that and go to junior college instead? Yeah. So it's kind of, it's a, it's a business play. Okay. So I was drafted, I think in the 36th round. So basically if I would have signed then, I basically would have got like a plane ticket, like play and you know, you'll, you'll, you'll start the base minor league salary, which is like 2,500 bucks a month. Um, yeah. So like, you're not making a lot of money outside of your signing bonus. So at that point, and again, my dad was a scout and we had enough people around me. I was playing in the right showcases where I was like, look, Go to junior college for one year. If you do well, you'll then get drafted high or you'll si- they'll have to sign you for a lot of money. So I was with the A's all the way up till draft day uh, in the next June. So June of 06 or June of, yeah, June of 06. Um, so we were in the junior college World Series, about to fly to Oakland the, at the end of the week after we're done with our World Series in Grand Junction, uh, Colorado. I broke my back the first game and didn't know I broke it. I thought I like strained it really bad. Um, So I ended up having a stress fracture in my lower back. Thought I tweaked it. So we played, I think, six more games. Um, You know, I was a starting center fielder. uh, So I was 
and I was fast. So everything I did had to be fast, aggressive, go after everything, every ground ball, you could beat it out all these things. And, you know, in the mornings I'd wake up and go to the chiropractor and get massages and get ice and stem and all the things that I shouldn't have been doing. I should have been literally in a brace, like not moving for six months, which I eventually had to do. So we go through that. I sign in June later that year after the season and the World Series run was over. I fly to Oakland, sign my contract. Um, and at that point, I signed for what would be the equivalent of like a seventh rounder. Okay. Um, which, again, much was better. much better than where I was at the right. beginning. So I, up to breaking my back, I had got more games. I was hitting with wood bats the whole time. We were a wood bat league instead of hitting with metal. Uh, I was ranked. Uh, top 100 in the country our team was number one ranked in the country so all things that would have been really good for getting more money and having a better you know start to my career obviously breaking my back uh sent me back literally um so (laughs) we i sign i go home for like four or five days kind of readjust pack go to phoenix second first day something like that i'm just like man i don't feel right something's off so like, you know, we're going to shut you down two weeks, two weeks go by. I start ramping back up, I'm like hitting with fungos. I'm hitting the ball I'm like, man, I'm not, something's not right. So I get all these crazy scans and yeah, I had a, a fracture in my lower lumbar. So flew back to LA, had a whole like brace, like molded around my midsection with big straps, had to wear it for six months. I went from 210 pounds, like 160 pounds. I couldn't do anything couldn't wasn't allowed to do most activity so i missed my whole first year and the like short part of the next year and so the next year got ready was ready to go um and then that's when i was in vancouver canada which nobody should be out of they're trying to like focus on their career at 19 years old because it's an amazing place right you know the drinking age the food the it was not good for me. I went from, <laughs> you know, and at that point, like you're, you think you're invincible. Like I had just came back from an injury. I was like, cool, I'm going to be in the big leagues. All this. I thought I was a big league dude acting like big league stuff in a big league city. Um, and then the next year I'm in like a, a small town in Illinois. And then I'm in Stockton the next two years, which when I was there, it was the foreclosure capital of the country in 2009 and 10. Um, but it was again, weird stuff. Like I probably shouldn't have been there if I didn't get hurt, but because I got hurt, I was there at that time and got to see a city in ruins basically, but we were selling like we were record selling season tickets and game tickets for our game. So it's like, wow, like in the midst of all this craziness, people were coming to the games and all this stuff. So I saw the power in what we're doing, but my last game was July 3rd, 2010, which is my father's birthday, which was kind of always weird. Um, and yeah, that was, uh, that was the last time I played, uh, was 2010. I did some, like, yeah, I tried to do a comeback like later on. I found I had a a tore up knee that I had to have surgery on and I was going to play basketball in junior college and all this stuff. So thought about going back around 2012, I was maybe going to try to go back and, um, just never, never went all the way through it. And then I realized I had some, some cooler opportunities with sustainability and some things like that. So. Uh, you know, my career had had a few ups and downs for sure. But um, yeah, started in 05, ended in 0, uh, 2010. Um, I didn't pick up a bat or a ball till probably 2017, I think, when I was oh, wow. uh, work, working at a buddy's facility, doing uh, hitting and pitching lessons for kids and kind of like started enjoying the game again and like right. 
helping kids enjoy the game. And that gave me so much closure for, for my career. Like the, I'm glad I never went back and got to kind of remember the good parts of what the game does and how you, you got to have fun. Cause I lost that. It became such a business for me. And then the, the pressure of the show and my dad was struggling with uh, some addiction at that time. And um, you know, you just, you, I wasn't in the right headspace. I, I didn't have like the right kind of mentality going in and, and that hurts. You, you got to really, you got to be in the right space. And that's why these guys spend so much money on uh, sports psychologists and sleep, uh, sleep technology, because uh, if your brain's not in it, it doesn't matter how good of shape you are. You're, you're going to struggle. I'm impressed with how well you handled the like thought of people just like calling you gay or assuming or just even addressing the topic like in your confessionals and all of that. Oh yeah, my dad calls me gay or like, oh, people think I'm gay all the time because of this, this and that. Because I was, I'm two years younger than you, but when I was in high school and I am, I am gay and anyone called anyone gay, it was so triggering because it's, well, one for me, you know, being gay, of course I was in the closet and like terrified, but other straight people would take it like a step further and get like, Oh my God, I keep, I'm, I'm not a faggot or I'm not this, I'm not that. Like, yeah. and like be really defensive about it, but you literally took it and was like, yeah, no, I, I'm not. I'm just, this is where I'm at right now in life. And I have to say it, that yeah. shocked me in my rewatch. I don't know. I applaud you. Yeah. That. I, you know what? And I think, and again, like I think everybody, and I, it's, it's such a tough situation because now I feel like if you were in the same situation as a high schooler now, the path to that would be a lot smoother. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's always going to be that, that bigotry, that people that just can't even imagine it. But it was always something that it was just never a big deal to me. I just right. never really cared you love whoever you love and it didn't matter. And I was comfortable enough in myself to where it was almost like comical. It was like, wow, like people really think that. Okay. Like, again, it started so many conversations. It provided me so many opportunities to have so many friends that, that are gay or, mm-hmm. or were confused or, or didn't know what they wanted to be. And um, it just gave me such an opportunity to realize like I, w- I felt lucky to be comfortable in myself at that moment. And also too, like I was, a star athlete, you could think whatever I want, but I was, I could dunk on you. So mm-hmm. it, it was different. And I think, again, I, it was comfortable enough for me because I knew that I wasn't, but at the same time, I didn't care if, if I was. Like the sexuality thing, the way you handled that, like that to me was a mature way to handle something. So although, yeah. of course you, there were things that, and we all make mistakes, but there was this level of maturity that you had that probably helped you not go on those that path that you're speaking yeah. of, you know? There was definitely, I had a level of uh, reserve, but actually someone sent me, a posted some on Instagram, and it was like a screenshot of their TV. And it's me, 18 years old, earrings, like too many necklaces. <laughs> and this, this, you could see the subtitles. I'm just not interested in sex right now. Like, yes. <laughs> Literally, you like, went into full wow. detail. You were like, yeah. I'm a virgin. I, I just don't have, oh, I'm not man. interested in sex right now. I, um, oh my God. you know, it was like, it, it's again, something that you felt like it's okay. That's all okay. But someone yeah. at 18 years old, straight, like, I feel like so many more straight men at that age are like trying to prove something about 
their sexuality yeah. and sexual experience and all of that. You were just <laughs> I like, knew I didn't have I didn't have any. <laughs> I knew I was a virgin. I wasn't trying to pretend I wasn't. I guess. And, well, and it was fun. I think people think people like always and like thought I was messing around. So people oh. never took me seriously. But I was like, I'm actually just being so honest that. I, what he, I think he said it in Yellowstone. He's like, that sounds so crazy. It might work. And it was like, <laughs> I was, I felt like I was so upfront and so blatantly honest or just like, like ignorance is bliss. Like, yeah, whatever. Like not even understanding the repercussions of like what I, that was going to be or what that was going right. to do for me when I stepped out into the real world and people think I'm a virgin and, you know, <laughs> are you a virgin? Like, oh, I'm ready to <laughs> at 35. <laughs> no. No, I, I can say that 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 uh, that ended. But, uh, and then I had like the 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 downhill spiral of like, oh, then I, now I got to prove everything. And, right. And I, I think I went through a, a, enough enough you know trials to where you know uh, moderation is key. And I, I'm very lucky. I don't have some children running around. I don't know about. I mean, there you go. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I felt like I I saw what reservation looked like. My dad was a reserved guy. My mom could very easily not be at any given time and i felt like you know just sit back let things happen be honest i don't want to be first through the door but i you know i'll let people go through and take their shots okay i'll I'll step in now and see how it works and um you know i was usually late to parties but i felt like when i got there i I tried to make things happen watching his parents marry you know they, they talk about um his dad's injury a lot and how mm-hmm. it changed his dad in a lot of ways and has changed the dynamic of him at home, him in gatherings, him, you know, as a dad. So I wonder if what, like after that happened, if that also shaped some of his hesitancy to be in a relationship as well, you know, for sure. He says he's a virgin. He's not a big sex person. Doesn't believe (laughs) he should just do it to just do it. What? I love it. Good oh for him. Guy. I know. I mean, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, I'm sex positive and you can do it as well, as much as you want. As Leo of course. Say. But yeah. um, <laughs> I also applaud him for um, not just wanting to fuck anybody that walks. I mean. And like admitting that on TV, oh, yeah. like with going to high school with like totally. boys that probably like teased him and stuff for yeah, saying I mean, that. Totally, totally. And but he did say he's gonna wait for the right person, right time. But the person that he does end up with better have a nice butt. He's a butt guy. I have different dream girls. Like as long as they have a good body and they have like nice hair and stuff, like, I don't really care. Like they have to have a butt though. They have to have a big butt. He was like, I don't have a lot of a long list. But then he goes on oh. a long list. He's like, That's right. Yes, like, you're like, right. <laughs> Like, they have to be really hot. They have to have this, this, and this. And I'm like, okay, you, just said, <laughs> you don't really care. Now this person is like. I love how they contradict them on the show so much. They let them like essentially they give them enough rope to hang themselves with their words. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. So Gina says Shane's life is sports. It doesn't. He doesn't think about girls. And then we get to meet his close friend Morgan, who he grew up with in the neighborhood. And they, this is where they really start talking about, you know, the moms have interest in Shane. And his friend says, you you hook up or do anything with a mom. You're the man, you know? Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah, let's go get some moms tonight. 
Like, were what? your like friends like that? Like in high school, like your straight guys? No. Friends? Well, you, you know what's funny you say that is I I wasn't really friends with this one guy that went to my high or was in my class in high school, but I his mom was like talked about all the time as being a milf, literally. Okay, yeah, there were moms like that for us too, and I do think like mm -hmm. some of sometimes there were some lines crossed, but I just think it's so. <laughs> Straight. Well, like, that, like that's the thing is like I don't see what is happening here wasn't happening like where we were like it, it was more of like the guys would always say oh Mark's mom he's she's so she's so hot she's so hot like it was never like right. that's where, normal like, I think yeah this is like like this is on different level culture. <laughs> like as soon as Shane turned eighteen it's like the moms were on the prowl for him is what they're like alluding to oh god yeah right weird. i mean i'm not gonna lie is fucking hot and no he's, he's so good looking yeah yeah but this is weird as a mom now totally like, i couldn't imagine like when my son is 18 being like i can't wait till his friends right like you <laughs> like Bro. One thousand percent. Like I couldn't oh. even imagine like having a conversation with an eighteen year. Like, no, no, no absolutely you. not. <laughs> <laughs> you literally are now just allowed to vote and buy cigarettes. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what do and you I have never, in common? Like, dated guys like right my age because they're just always like a little bit more immature than. You got to date up a little bit. I've always, I was, it's funny. Yeah. I don't think I've, I've dated only like one person younger than me and it was only by a year and the rest have either been like my age or older. For yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. We're back at Lake Havasu with Vicky. She tells us about her manufactured home, but it cost half a million. I loved that she needed to call. <laughs> she had to. <laughs> Defend it. Drop the price. I've been there. Like, I've been, like, in that community, like, where she lives. <gasps> Have you been big in that river, house? Big river. No. But big river culture out here. <laughs> big river culture. I love yeah. that. Actually, that's at my hometown, too. Like, I have a bunch of friends that had, like, river homes. It actually looks like the same type of vibe as my family has a lake house um, north of Pittsburgh. And we go there in the summers and stuff. And... It gives off a little bit the same vibes as Lake Havasu, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, Big, I mean, I haven't been in years, and it's just not really, like, my vibe. Yeah. But, I mean, it is fun. Right. Especially when you're younger and totally. you can drink in the heat. Like, I can't. Yes, for sure. This is where Vicky feels peace. She has no stress. I've actually never seen a peaceful Vicky with no stress, but we'll no, pretend it exists. Exist. Yeah. <laughs> she says, back to MILF culture. I don't know if I consider myself a MILF. I try to work out every day. I try to take good care of myself. And if his friends think I'm a MILF, then great. <laughs> I also can't... Go ahead. No, go ahead. It's kind of cute. Like, how... not cute, yeah. but like, I feel like you know, like the other, like Lori and stuff, like they're like serious about it. And Vicky just kind of wants, she just wants Michael to accept her so bad. Affirmations. And like she just, yes. She just wants the like attention. Oh my God, you think I'm hot. That's so sweet. Like it, I don't know why it, ha it never clicked with me so much. 
even though it should have from the late seasons. But this season specifically, because it's not talked about so overtly, what she needs in life totally is words of affirmation. She needs to mm -hmm. know, it, be praised for be doing a good job. That is literally yeah. her thing. Yeah, she needs to be told you're the best mom, you're, you're, yeah. What's her mm -hmm. sign? Do we know? Aries? Well, she always yes. said it, remember? Yes, when she met yes, Shannon, her and Shannon. Like, yeah, okay. okay. Yes, that, yes. Um, right, okay. That makes sense. Interesting. Yes. I never even thought about her sign. That's so true. I also love, so that she's showing us, you know, how they live their life on the, on the lake or the river. They do water sports. Vicky's not into water sports. I cue like all these innuendos on about water sports. I'm obsessed <laughs> with her saying it. You know what water sports are, is, right? <laughs> Wait, what? No. Oh, I don't think it's just gay. Maybe it is just gay culture. I don't know. Water sports is like you're into um, urine. <laughs> so oh, she, oh. her say like you know like she was saying, okay. oh, I'm not we into water sports. water sports. I say like like we just went to Mexico like <laughs> last week, and I was like telling people like we're a big water sports. <laughs> 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 like I'm not. But yes. <laughs> oh, so your husband loves water sports. Noted. <laughs> Okay, wow. Real quick, we have to take a break. But it's crazy to see they're like boating around and you know, they're showing everyone's doing beer bongs on the on the lake and dirt Vicky says dirty dancing. Whatever <laughs> you want to find, you'll find at the channel. And a lot of people are partying and then girls are flashing their titties. And oh, yeah. goes, they, they wear pasties. Yes. Who let the dogs out? Like, does that mean that you'd want to see your mother in pasties also? Oh, jeez. He's drowning himself now. Come on. Oh, God. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and then his friend was like, Michael's drowning himself. <laughs> 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 you know, Michael, what a what a sport for that. Cause ooh, no thank you. So we get to Kimberly and her son's birthday party. I loved that this is like a stark contrast from like Taylor Armstrong throwing a sixty-five thousand dollar party for Kennedy. Yeah. And then we have this party that gave me like normal Jackie vibes, sort of like Jackie had okay. like a pizza it's party. Strange because in the OC, it's not typically like that. It is very right. like big and showy and yeah. Your, your daughter's at the age of like going to these parties and stuff. Do you feel like you've seen a lot of like crazy over the top parties in your own experience? I mean, not too many. Like uh -huh. my friends aren't like too, like we all kind of do the same. I mean, I, maybe I go a little over. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't are you Taylor so. Armstrong of Orange County? <laughs> no, never. Like, no. Poor Bianca, Kimberly's daughter, who was like the big help of the party. She literally just got eaten alive by these little boys and like. Oh my god! I didn't know. Silly string up her skirt, and yes, then I forgot about that age. 
difference. Oh, huge age gap. And I was gap. like, this is my future because Sadie is five and I just had a baby boy. And so it's going to yeah. be like, and you know, Sadie is like, she's unbought. Like, I don't have time for these boys. <laughs> Sadie, I didn't know I could stand one of my friend's kids more or this much. <laughs> Sadie, I'm obsessed with. The videos I she, get of Sadie is so she's she's incredible the biggest personality ever yeah well and she's obsessed with you oh, she was I like i was like setting this up and she's like hi steve hi steve and I'm like, she's not <laughs> up here yet but okay i'll talk to you tonight <laughs> oh i just love her so much she's so cute she's funny um yeah All so right. the, a little boy shot silly string up bianca's skirt her bras were over the floor mixed with candy that literally sounds like a nightmare but yeah. she was a good what a good sport. Yeah, yeah, she was. And then Lori, um, she talks about, this broke my heart. Sophie has a really close relationship with Josh. And you know, Josh has been in juvie now for a long period of time and they're doing the psych evaluation. And Josh opens up and talks about, you know, when his parents divorced, he had so much anger over what happened and he didn't know what to do with all of it. Um, Mm -hmm. apparently was suspended over a hundred times by the end of eighth grade year. Not detention, that's, not like written up or wild. something. Suspended. Wild. Yeah, so sad. it's so sad. And you look so, at it like just saying, like you look at it with a different lens now, now that we're older and, totally. and stuff. It's like, oh my God, that poor kid. Like that's so sad. Absolutely. And it was, they go into like what, what happened that got him to go to juvie, which a teacher thought he had drugs. They tested him and he had no drugs in his system, but because of his history, they sent him to juvie. Um, the court ordered a five week psyche eval. He's hoping to get out, you know, today. But so we see Lori go in thinking she's walking out with Josh and the psychiatrist didn't show up with the evaluation. So he wasn't able to be released. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? Like, dark. I mean, right out the gate, season one. Like, what? I would be livid not only as Josh, but as a parent. Like, well, oh and you have God. no control as a parent yeah. at that point. And that's like the hardest thing about being a parent is when you can't control a situation. It's, yep. 1000%. But then Lori gets home. Ashley's just wandering around looking for her car. She last saw Ooh. yesterday. I okay, died. I <laughs> so Ashley is stressing me out. Like, yes. she was stressing me out. Her car she... got repossessed. Repossessed. Well, so I have questions okay. about this, and maybe I just don't know. A lot of questions. Yeah. So okay. the story's not adding first. up. Yes, thank you. Because you don't, I don't think, I don't know, but I don't think you get your car repossessed by missing one payment. Thank you. That was my point. I was like, yeah. So she didn't pay. She her. Well, they said Ashley didn't pay her down payment on the phone. And then later they were talking about she didn't make a payment. Um, so again, like you said, I've never experienced this, but I imagine after missing one payment, they don't come and repo your car. Right? Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I don't think so. I've never like missed a car payment. Yeah. But... And, and then a down, unless it was a down payment, but you wouldn't be able to take the car off the lot you don't without leave, your down payment. Right? Yeah, it, it was a little... I'm confused. I'll have to ask her when I interview her more about that. 
I love the following car- her on Instagram now. Yes. She's a fun follow. Yeah. Yes. And then the car company, I guess, said there wasn't enough money in her account when she they deposited the check. And Lori does tell us, you know, the problem I'm having with Ashley is she bought this car and then the same week quit her job. So she doesn't have any money in her account. <laughs> and then Ashley said, wait, her money is, Lori asked, how, how much money is in your checking account? Nothing. Why is there no money in there? Because it's in my savings. What? Yeah. I'm very confused. Yeah. And why quit a job when you just buy a car? Because... It's not like Lori's life has changed yet where, you know, she's super rich all of a sudden. Like, yeah. how you, how you going to pay? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I have a lot of questions. Yeah. A lot same. of questions. Um, so Vicky, oh my gosh. So we get this whole ordeal with the, <laughs> the boat and the police. Oh my God. Yeah. Forgot about this That's completely. Cool. Yes, and Vicky would, could not have been worse in this situation. Um, oh, she was giving me anxiety. Like, I was kind of, like, on Don's side in this oh, one. Oh, a thousand percent. Because, yeah, and he was drinking while he was yeah. driving the boat. So yeah. that's a big no-no. <laughs> so the police pulled Don over. I guess that someone pulled his 05 sticker off his boat or something, but they had to mm-hmm. do a full boat safety check, and... What's funny about all of this, I have literally been through all of this before because- I think I, I, I have you, too, yeah. Yeah, like, and it was so, like, it was literally deja vu because, so they were saying like, we want to see all the life vests, right? Yeah, My you have issue, to make sure you always have enough- So we had a bunch of life vests. people you have on your boat. Yeah, yeah. and for, for me, so we had a bunch of life vests because there's, I think there was 14 of us on my boat. And we tried using the junior sized ones like they did. And they said, those don't count. So I didn't have enough life vests just like they did. So it was like literally deja vu watching this. Oh my God. And then I finding like a little producer shade when Don was like ri- driving the boat and he's like, yeah, people are really crazy around here. They drink and drive and they shouldn't do that. And then you're like, <laughs> yeah, he, he starts drinking the beer. It's, Mm-hmm. I, it's like they're it's they're making a mockery out of them. It's it's really yeah. funny. I like mm-hmm. love those little producer edits. Vicky was laughing through the whole thing. Don's freaking out. Like Don is literally my dad. I yeah. he is like absolutely my father because he my dad is like so fun, carefree jokester, but also he's a Taurus too though, but also very mm-hmm. stubborn and he'll like if he's like stressed or in the in the moment on something or whatever he, he'll snap he'll go well and like rule follower like i'm rule, a yeah. huge rule follower like mm-hmm. i like re- i like before i go somewhere I like read the rules like on the website is that a taurus thing <laughs> i or don't that... know like i just yeah. like i just don't ever want to like mess up <laughs> i wouldn't say i'm a rule follower necessarily no, like, I mean, I, I do, but like, I'm not like that where like, I'll make sure I, like, I'll prepare ahead of time for all of that, you know? I don't know. Especially with kids now. Cause I'm like, I don't oh, want to like school with like, that's wrong, different. Yeah. You know? And then her be all like embarrassed because she's wearing the wrong shoes. She's not supposed to wear. Yes. <laughs> that makes a huge difference though. Yeah. I don't yeah. have any kids. So that makes, that makes sense. But Throughout all of this, Vicky like thought that she could flirt her way out of 
a ticket, which I was dying. Back to MILF culture. And Dawn's just like yelling at her. And you sort of see she feels like she's married her fa- her own father. Yeah, she moment. kept saying that. <laughs> yeah. But the, then we get back to Lori and she's spending time with Sophie and Josh calls and it, she talks about how close her and or Josh and Sophie are. And you can hear them on the phone. It's so cute. Like the relationship they had. Yeah, you really sweet. feel for them. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's so sad. She misses her brother a lot. He was put on medications for his severe ADHD, was charged with felony assault in his in th- throughout all of this. And so they've just been debating whether to do a plea deal versus going to trial, but he doesn't want to plead guilty because he didn't actually do it. He doesn't feel that he should do like he doesn't deserve that but then he may do it because he wants to avoid trial he knows that he was not guilty in all all of this but just to move forward in life and get out of this situation he's almost willing to plead guilty just so that he can move Mm -hmm. on yeah and that's so sad yeah then we get over to gina's barbecue first all cast event ever everyone's all meeting each other matt says Oh, Matt says that Gina might be more famous and powerful than he ever was in this community because she's good at connecting, making everyone feel at home, uh, more so for strangers or and than people she's familiar with. It, but Matt leaves and because he says this, he is, this house is always a revolving door. And Shane had brilliant insight on Slade and Joe in this uh, part of the episode. Yeah, he was like, look at him just keeping her over there. He doesn't want her around anyone, doesn't want her talking to anyone. I was very impressed with Shane, I have to say. So impressed. Slade won't um, leave Joe's side. Joe's beautiful and and she knows she's beautiful. Slade's unbelievably intimidated by her. He's not jealous, but he wants to keep her in his control and isolate her. Mm-hmm. Okay, 18-year-old Shane. I like, know. Wow. Literally picked up on all of that. I know, and I didn't like realize it back then. No. Like at all. Totally. Totally. Slade and Joe, they they say their wedding's gonna be 7707. But that's a <laughs> long time from now, they said. Housewives love the numbers. Like they, they love the matching numbers. Cause Kim Zolciak is 11, 11, 11. Cynthia. And then Cynthia, 10, wait, what was she? 10, 10, 20, 20? or 10, 20? No, she was 10, 10, 10, 10 20. Or wait. 10, 10, 20, I think. Yeah, 10, 10, but she wanted the two 10s, I think. Oh, to be like equal 20, yeah. Yeah. They just and love, the, they love that. Someone else did. I feel like you're right. That is like a housewife trope. They yeah, love yeah. a wedding anniversary that's all the same numbers. Yeah, they love it. Of course, he had to mention that they have a hundred thousand dollar budget for the wedding, but the reason and that's the reason why they haven't done it yet, and it's because Joe doesn't want a budget. I feel like it doesn't seem Slade like Joe's being, like that. I don't feel like she is either. I feel like he was flossing mm-hmm. that a lot just for he was the making it like that, he was fluffing that up, mm-hmm. and I think it, it's very clear in this episode that I think that he thought that that's what like they wanted they wanted you know and they did they wanted everyone just to like fluff up the money and the how Mm -hmm. crazy the oc is and showy and he was like doing major 
work in that department. Do you feel like people in Orange County are, they flash all this stuff that they have, but do you think in reality, they're not as rich as they're leading on to be? Thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's like the definition of Orange County. I mean, there's a lot of money in Orange County. Right. Totally. For sure. But I do think that it is very flashy and showy and it's never really, a lot of times it's not what it seems, what it appears to be. Yeah. A whole a lot of smoke and mirrors. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then at the barbecue, we find out Kaylin, 21 year old Kaylin, is very into Lori. He thinks she's so hot. <laughs> the hottest mom, the most beautiful woman in the world, or something, he said. Obsessed <laughs> with Lori. <laughs> Milf culture. So wild. It's so wild. So then we get barbecue. We That's over. Cast event is done. Joe, we see that Shane's going to come over to Joe's house today to shoot rabbits. Again, oh my dying at the, the bunny problem. Night. Yes. I texted you. They're shooting bunnies. I was like so sad. That was like a big theme of this whole season. Throughout the season, they shoot bunnies. And of course, I had to ask Shane about being the Elmer Fudd of Orange County and hunting all those rabbits. As well as that weird moment with Joe where there was all that sexual tension. Well, or lack thereof. That was that span where it was like, hey, we got this, we got cameras, we got stuff. What do we do with it? And, you know, I was, I, my father, we hunt and we fished at that time. Yeah. And so having a BB gun and my mom, we had just gotten this new house and we had this big old thing of grass and she hated the rabbits coming and eating the grass. So I knew my dad, if he was around at the time, would have set up shop and just shot him and got rid of him <laughs> and, you know, whatever. So I was like, cool, that's what I'll do. I'll just shoot the rabbits and in the yard so they stop eating the grass. So I'll be happy. Bing, bang, boom. Camera crew production's like, oh my God, this is great. Blah, blah, blah. You should go do this at Joe's house while Slade's at work. Um, and again, I'm 18 years old. Like, cool, I'm going to go do my job, kill these rabbits. And, you know, and then Joe's there with a cocktail, yes. you know, dressed nicely and asking funny questions. And I'm just focused on killing rabbits. And you really you know yeah that's that was that's where the the question about my sexuality came up because i'm you know so i have adhd so like when i'm focused on something it's like like super focused and you and me you know it doesn't happen and so yeah and so i'm there like okay there's a rabbit i gotta like be quiet like i'm a hunter like i knew what i was supposed to be doing so she's there with a cocktail like you know and again she's she's like not even 30 at the time. No, she was 24. I don't, I don't believe so. So, I mean, like, yeah. yikes. Like, <laughs> that was a, a, a ready-to-go, uh, fully-functioning woman. And I'm just like, nope, nope. I could kind of tell in that scene, it was, like, produced a little, where they were, like, trying to make Joe be, like, the the damsel in distress with the hot, young, like, pool boy guy. Yep. Over to shoot her bunnies and she's like i'm gonna make a cocktail and yes it's not joe it's not like natural like that was like set up a little bit they definitely wanted that played up for sure shane's teaching her how to hold a gun and shoot and so joe i think joe says oh now you're starting to get turned on because i'm actually doing this thing huh (laughs) like (laughs) really went in 
she's and so young. Yeah, like, she's 24 and he's age. 18. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, and then she she's like, I need to go get a drink. So she's drinking. And then she asks, so what does your girlfriend think about uh, you leaving for school? And he's like, I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have a girlfriend. She, she goes, so are you gay? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, that's one thing that, you know. <laughs> Fair, I guess. But um, he, this is, again, where I thought Shane was, like, so more mature about even that question. So, mature, so poised and like, poised. Get like defensive or mad. Yeah. Like, He's like, I get asked that a lot. They ne- cause people never really see me like being sexually attracted to girls like all the time. And I just like, I feel like more straight guys at 18, at least from my hometown, like if that was happening, it's like, oh, no, I'm, not fu- I'm not fucking gay. I'm not a queer, you know, like. Yeah, they would start saying slurs and get yeah. so defensive. And I'm just like, so surprised. Why did I think Shane was so, like, such a tool? Like, cause now that I'm watching it, I'm like, he is amazing. It was more <laughs> like, of towards respect towards his mom and his okay. her friends like he he has his own issues he was mean to her. <laughs> yeah like he wasn't he, to her he's just not a douche in in this sort of way that, but he was yeah okay yeah he You're said right. i remember i've only I watched in, one episode yeah yeah i think like in season two he says to tammy like i don't know tammy like comes in the house and he says Come here, tits. Come on, tits. Like, come sit. Like, okay, so he gets bad. So yeah, I have there's this. Like, so I had, yeah. I was right in a lot of ways. Okay. Yeah. All it's right. just, but I have to say, I mean, this is something that is very surprising because, like, again, not that many people, I feel like, are that secure at 18 straight guys where answer, they're just going to, yeah. yeah, to answer that. It shouldn't be like that. But, I mean, that's just how it is, especially back then. Right. Yeah. And then Joe casually mentions how her last boyfriend was actually Shane's age. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, oh, girl, are are these two going to hook up? And I did, you know, I did ask, did you ask Joe, did you and Shane ever hook up? And she said, no, we've always only been friends. No hookups ever happened. Slade comes home and he is not happy that Shane is there. Definitely felt threatened and upset. Felt like she was flirting with Shane, has sort of like, yeah, you would hate if I came home and I was like here flirting with, you know, the young neighbor girl or something. And we kind of end the episode like that. Yep. And then the previews is her in the maid costume. <laughs> the infamous maid costume. Finally, the infamous maid costume. Oh, oh my God. So- I love her though. Amazing. Yeah. No, I think yeah. Joe was also very ahead of her time. And mm-hmm. I think it, you know, it's a shame that we had to lose her when we did, but I think she would have, if she, it didn't make sense because, you know, her and Slade were done. She was moving to LA. Yeah. But I think she would have been good on the show for sure. Yeah, for sure. Katie, thank you so much oh for God. joining me. Can you thank tell you everyone where they me. can find you? Yeah, you can follow me at at Bravo Bitch. It's me and I have to mention Alexa. Yes. Like, I have to mention her this whole episode. It's not just me. It's me and my best friend, Alexa. So follow us over there. Well, thanks again, Katie. I had so much fun and I can't wait to have you back again. 
I know you have to have me back for Jersey. Jersey, absolutely. You're my Jersey stan. A free way to help us is by rating and subscribing to the pod. 